Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we're in Frontierland, talking to you about all the attractions, all the places to eat, and all the things to do. Find all episodes of the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. Special shout out and thanks to Save Epcot for leaving us a recent review. Great screen name. Connect with us anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at WDWDeciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. And if you'd like to support the show, please check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So we are coming towards the end of our land-by-land land guide, at least as far as Magic Kingdom goes. And so that brings us to Frontierland. But before we get to that, I want to thank two of our newest Patreon subscribers, Michelle Yu and Nathaniel H. Thank you so much for subscribing. For those of you who don't know, we have a Patreon, which is a way to support the podcast financially. Patreon subscribers all get bonus trip reports, live trip reports when Leslie and I are at the parks. And then if you subscribe at the Disney Decipherer or above level, you'll also receive our Disney Deciphered Unfiltered episodes where we uh, talk a little bit more in depth about the news and get more into the nitty gritty of our thoughts and feelings about what's going on with Disney. So if you're interested in supporting or seeing what Patreon is all about, you can check us out on patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered. And thanks again to Michelle Yu and Nathaniel H. We really appreciate your support. So Leslie, I don't know about you, but generally I find myself visiting Frontierland at night. Unless I have a fast pass or something, I find that Frontierland is where I end up being at at the end of the day, partially because I really like the way it looks at night. I know you generally go counterclockwise like I do. So do you find yourself in Frontierland normally at night? I rarely end up spending, I guess, a full day in the Magic Kingdom like at once. I often am park hopping elsewhere in the afternoon or evening. So I'm usually at Frontierland when Frontierland is blazingly hot, close to lunchtime, either Adventureland or Frontierland. And that's so silly because it's like a land that has no shade and a lot of asphalt and it's really, really warm. So, you know, don't necessarily listen to my strategy. Yeah, I mean, Frontierland is modeled after the western frontier of Yore, which means it is a place where cacti would be right at home. And like you said, there is very little shade. All the uh, architecture is kind of like mountains, and you kind of just imagine you're out in the desert out west. So yeah, Leslie, maybe don't go there in the blazing hot sun. I guess I'm just going for the realism, right? If I'm going to be in the desert, I might as well suffer. You're really immersing yourself in the experience. That's right. Before there was Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and Pandora, I was living the immersive experience of Frontierland. (laughs) Very well done. Very well done. But uh, make sure none of your uh, guests that are with you break your leg a la Oregon Trail back in the day. I don't know if you ever played that when you were a kid. Oh, way too much. You know, if there's anything geeky <laughs> from the our childhood in the 80s that you and I both probably did it, right? Yes, lots of fun. I hear they made a board game. Anyway, that's uh, neither here nor there. Okay, so let's talk about the attractions at Frontierland. Some of my favorite in Magic Kingdom. And so we will go in alphabetical order. So let's kick it off with Big Thunder Mountain. As always, we will say whether we always ride this, usually ride this, sometimes ride this, or never ride this. Leslie, Big Thunder Mountain, what's your verdict? 
Big Thunder Mountain is an always ride for me. For those of you who don't know about this attraction, it's pretty it's pretty iconic in Disney lore. It's a mine train roller coaster, but pretty mild. Uh, height requirements only 40 inches, so you can take younger kids on it. And I'd say it's a good, like, it's thrilling, but not, like, super scary because it is outdoors and you can see where you're going, see the track ahead of you. But, yeah, it's an always ride for us. I still have not gotten my son on Thunder Mountain, either Disney World or Disneyland. I'm going to try mightily on my next trip, but we're, we're just not there yet. Trying hard. Yeah, definitely always ride for me as well. You know, one thing I really like about it, you know, I always like those roller coasters where they have like multiple up sections. So, you know, you go for a little bit and you go up a little bit again. So there's like a lot of pauses or breaks uh, in the ride. And also, you know, it is a step up from Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, both in height requirement and also in thrills. And, you know, I would say the reason why is because Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, I think one great thing about that ride is just kind of how smooth the ride is. But Big Thunder Mountain is not a smooth ride and in a good way. You know, I think that makes it more thrilling. You're shaking a little bit more. Uh, it's a little more rickety and, you know, kind of really gives you that feel that you're on a runaway minecart. Definitely. But it's not an attraction where like some of those roller coasters where you're going to feel like pain afterwards, just to just to be clear. I mean, this is is definitely very, very kid friendly as long as you don't have a, a scaredy cat in the family like I do. So you're saying it's not like an Incredicoaster, which feels like it's going to fall apart from beneath you? Incredicoaster doesn't feel that way. Why do you say that? <laughs> I don't know. I, anytime I see one of those wooden coasters, that's kind of what I think. Oh, and Credit Coaster is very smooth. Um, I don't know. It's not one of like the old school, like boardwalk wooden roller coasters. So yeah. Further showing my need to get to Disneyland. Uh, the last thing I'll say about Big Thunder Mountain is it's really nice at night. Um, you get really nice views of the park from, you know, those little break sections where you chill out. And, you know, I really love riding that ride at night. And of course, at night, uh, the lines are much shorter. Sometimes you get a fast pass for late in the day. So definitely if thrill is on the menu at all, make sure Big Thunder, you get there sometime during the day. Yeah. And I'd add that a lot of the queue, even the fast pass queue is in the sun, which I don't love. I mean, there, there are times where I found myself waiting five and 10 minutes, like just to get under the covered part of the queue, even with the fast pass. So beware. Yeah, good point. And we should also add that the fast pass queue, it kind of merges with the rest of the queue a bit earlier. So you end up waiting more than you might on other fast pass rides. That's true. That's true. It's not one of the faster fast passes. I don't have an answer to this, but I don't know. You end up going down these stairs to actually load the cars um, and you can choose whether to go on the right or the left. I've never kind of figured out which track is faster. Do you have like uh, either knowledge or superstition, which way you always go? I don't for, for Disney World. Um, I will say that like it's hot down there. <laughs> it's just hot everywhere in Frontierland. Let's just get that out there. But I just remember very being very hot in all parts of the Big Thunder queue. Really selling the land there, Leslie. Yeah. It's a good ride though. <laughs> it is a good ride. It just- goes it goes fast. The wind will blow in your hair. You will cool down. All right. Uh let's move on to the next attraction. So yeah, Big Thunder is always ride for both of us. The next attraction, Country Bear Jamboree, source of quite a bit of rumor mongering and also stress as a couple months ago a rumor came out that it might close but disney parks blog came out and said it will not so we will treat it as if it will not close it is one of the oldest attractions in frontierland in fact i think it opened day and date with the park what is country bear jamboree and why does it rule yeah country bear jamboree is awesomeness in in a Disney show. Awesome. All rolled into a Disney show. So it is audio animatronic bears 
from, you know, the West, from the country who do a show. And there are all sorts of caricatures, I would say, in the show. And it's dated, but it's dated in a totally awesome way. Yeah, it's a it's a must always ride for me or always watch for me, for my family. My kids, when they saw it for the first time, I was kind of worried. I was like, is this going to be... Is this going to be something where they're like, oh, mom, totally lame. Like technology's gotten so much better. No, they loved it too. They appreciated the throwback awesomeness. But I mean, I know it's a controversial attraction. So I'm interested to hear your take, Joe. It's uh, usually a ride for me. It is getting a little old. Like I think the sound quality could definitely be improved. Um, you know, it's kind of depending on where you're sitting, it can feel like uneven, like some will sound quieter than others. It is sort of like uh, Pixar in the sense that you know how Pixar films, there are jokes that play well with kids and there are jokes that play well with adults. And then if you're an adult, the movie seems totally different to you because um, there are just kind of jokes that are made for adults in there. It's like that, except for the jokes are kind of dirty, which is sort of funny in a Disney park. But that is what it is and part of the charm of Country Bear Jamboree. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw it as an adult after a long break and you know, my jaw kind of dropped because I was like, I can't believe this joke is in here. Like that totally would not fly if this attraction were created today, which I think is what makes it all the more awesome in a world where, you know, a lot of these attractions are, are, are being uh, modified for, for modern day. It's kind of, it's kind of cool to see that one still survives. Yep. If Disney Parks blog is to believed, uh, nothing's going to change about that in the near future. All right. So let's move on. Splash Mountain. Leslie, Splash Mountain, based on another controversial property, Song of the South, which, you know, uh, is a movie that apparently is so racist that you cannot find it anywhere anymore. However, the story lives on, or at least the characters from the story lives on in Splash Mountain. Tell us about Splash Mountain, Leslie. Yes. So it is a boat tour. It's mostly a slow boat, or, or I guess it's technically a log flume, um, <laughs> through different scenes um, with characters like Br'er Bear and Br'er Rabbit. And these are sort of uh, traditionally Southern folklore tales. And uh, so you go through all of that, and then it all culminates with a giant drop at the end in the log flume where you get quite wet. So it's pretty tame until just that last little bit, um, which is what makes it a thrill ride and what makes the fact that I haven't gone on it with my younger child yet either, but uh, it's it's a sometimes ride for me, and I would say that's just because of the wet factor. I really, really hate getting wet and walking around in wet, you know, shoes and socks for the rest of the day, having to worry about changing or like packing a poncho or something like that. I mean, you know, I know it cools you down because you're hot, but it's more more trouble than it's worth for me sometimes. What about you? First of all. Wow. It's an always ride for me because it is my favorite ride in the Magic Kingdom. For the wetness factor, I think I've said this before, but nowadays I usually just leave a pair of flip-flops in my backpack um, so I can change into those before or after the ride. I do agree with you, especially in the summer. Florida has this thing called humidity, which means that when you are wet, even if it does cool you down temporarily, the water never evaporates. So you just feel miserable for the rest of the day. So yeah, do bear that in mind. Maybe bring an extra shirt or you should be packing a poncho anyway. So maybe pop on your poncho for the ride. But I absolutely love this ride. Yes, I love the drop at the end, but it has some of my favorite animatronics in Walt Disney World. You know, it's a story that's happening throughout the whole ride it's a fairly long ride if you think kind of typical log flumes at typical theme parks sometimes they can be pretty short i remember i was in dutch wonderland in pennsylvania and you literally just went up and then across and then went straight down it's much longer than that lots of great animatronics 
And, you know, one thing, if you have a child who is kind of like at that, not where our kids are right now, Leslie, but kind of at that point where they like the thrill, but they're still scared of it. And the fear of the thrill kind of gives them a good experience. It's a great ride to keep pretending that the drop that you're going to do is the big drop, which will just keep building up the anticipation until you finally get there. I remember the first time I wrote it uh, after many years, I just sort of didn't remember where the last drop was. So every single drop we had, I felt a twinge of nervousness, which really kind of enhanced the experience. So it's a good uh, time to poke some fun or have some fun at your kid's expense, but to enhance their experience. Don't do it with the scared kids like us, but those who want the thrills, I think they'd love it. All right. Well, I'll do it with my older child, but I won't torture my younger. (laughs) Sounds good. Okay. uh, Last attraction, Tom Sawyer Island. Uh, This is the Monsters, Inc. laugh floor for me of Frontierland. I don't think I've been over Tom Sawyer's Island since I was a kid. You take a raft over to an island, and it's supposed to be a nice play area for kids to run around. Parents apparently can sit down and cool down there, but I haven't taken that raft in decades. How about you, Leslie? Yeah, I've done it once with my kids um, since having kids. But yeah, before that, it was like last time was when I was a kid myself. And and we would regularly do it when I was a child, but I think there weren't quite as many attractions back then. That's probably part of it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a great place. We do it a lot actually at Disneyland. My family does where we, we visit more often and we have more downtime because we do you know, we, it's so much easier to do all of Disneyland. And uh, so it's a great place, I think, sometimes when your kids just need to explore and they need a break, they don't need to wait in line. That's, I think, what it's best used for. And and for that reason, I think it's best used for maybe longer trips where you do have that kind of downtime. But I so rarely do at Disney World. I'm usually, you know, like you, forced march of happiness, and we don't have time to take a raft and spend an hour exploring. Yeah, and... The island itself might be relaxing, but they still stuff a lot of people on that raft. And that's just kind of not my idea of fun. I will ask you, you know, we both said we actually have a appreciation for Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. So how would you compare Tom Sawyer's island to that? Good question. I mean, I'd say Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse is less of a commitment and probably gives you the same payoff. So that's definitely the, the attraction we prioritize. Mm, good point. That's right. Once you're out on that island, you're stuck on that island until the raft brings you back. All right, so let's get to the food in Frontierland. There's a lot of various carts uh, that you can frequent. The reality is, since I usually do get here late in the day, I don't spend much time eating here. But the quick service restaurant that a lot of people love is Pecos Bills. They serve kind of standard Tex-Mex fare. You can get fajitas and stuff like that. The big thing that people love about Pecos Bills is there's a toppings bar. So, you know, if you're familiar with like Fuddruckers or I don't know, Sizzler or anywhere else that has topping bars and things like that, you can kind of load up and kind of get more bang for your buck when you add stuff to the fajitas. I think they used to have free guacamole, but they don't anymore. But anyway, if you're in Frontierland for quick service, uh, people seem to really like Pecos Bills. It seems like the type of food I like, but I haven't been um, since I was a kid. So I can't really speak to that. Um, And I know you haven't been either, right, Leslie? Yeah, that's right. I don't really find myself in Frontierland usually during uh, meal hours. And if I am that close to Skipper Canteen in Adventureland, we already know that I'm eating there. So (laughs) yeah, I I definitely neglect Frontierland dining. And the thing is, Frontierland is, I don't know, it's sort of like its own small like peninsula it's not really like kind of in the center of everything so i think that's why you know i don't spend a lot of time eating there or i haven't eaten there i think i haven't gotten anything besides like a popcorn or mickey bar in Frontierland in the last like five years so maybe we'll have to rectify that next time i'm there there's also the diamond horseshoe that's a quick service restaurant during lunchtime and a uh, buffet style restaurant at dinner kind of your standard american fare uh what can you get there leslie 
Yeah, so it's a lot of uh, like macaroni, pulled pork sandwich, a lot of things that you would think of as kind of like Western barbecue-ish food. So as a Southerner, I definitely um, am intrigued. I, I, you know, usually I, I would say that Disney's take on, on barbecue is probably not up to my standards, but I have not tried this, so I'm reserving judgment. And I definitely do want to try it actually on a future vacation just to sort of see where it lands. Because, you know, I did love the food at like Hoop Did You Review, which was kind of in the same genre. So uh, I'm willing to give it a try. All right. And I'm willing to let you uh, do that for the podcast so I don't have to. So thanks, Leslie. Taking one for the team. <laughs> indeed, indeed. You'll have to give up your skipper canteen for one thing. So, you know, I think we've kind of shown our blind spot here. We don't eat in Frontierland a lot. So, you know, we're not going to spend any more time talking about it. But if you have eaten in Frontierland or if you can tell us more about Pecos Bills or Diamond Horseshoe, please let us know. DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com or at www.deciphered on Twitter or on our Facebook page. Disney Deciphered. All right, to wrap up Frontierland, there are a couple of kind of side things that you can do. Uh, the first one is the hoedown, which outside of Country Bear Jamboree, every once in a while, a dance party will break out. Um, sometimes they have the times listed, sometimes they don't. We've definitely run into this before in the past, uh, my daughter and I, I think my son and I too. And, you know, it's kind of a fun thing for kids to get involved with uh, to get to dancing, um, you know, and it kind of happens on that main thoroughfare there. And so if you happen to come upon it, you know, it's just a fun little uh, excursion, you know, kind of one of those entertaining things in Disney World that's not necessarily scripted. I don't know. Have you ever run into that dance party there, Leslie? Yeah, I've seen it from afar. The streetmosphere, I guess, is what they call it sometimes. Yes, yes. But yeah, yeah. Fun fun for kids. Definitely worth, I, I wouldn't say, you know, go out of your way to look, like look for the time. But if you stumble upon it, stop, watch it, let your kids dance. Yes, definitely. And then the last thing is the Frontierland Shooting Arcade. Uh, I love this thing when I was a kid. You know, my kids are not old enough yet for me to not feel like they would just waste all 35 shots they get for a dollar. But there are targets to shoot at, and it's like kind of little BB guns. Actually, I'm not sure whether you actually shoot projectiles or it's lasers nowadays. But I found it a lot of fun when I was a kid, uh, and I think my kids will too. But, you know, I just don't want to waste the dollar yet. Um you can when you're walking by, you always hear the pings as people are hitting targets. So you know it's just kind of like a fun little um, diversion, and uh, it's partially shaded. So you know that's a plus too. Yeah, we'll take anything with shade. And you're totally cheap, Joe. A dollar? You won't spend a dollar? I mean, <laughs> if they're gonna shoot 35 shots straight into the ground, yeah, no, I'm not gonna spend a dollar for that. <laughs> to be fair, I haven't done it with my kids either, but uh, I will spend a dollar. I don't think there are any prizes either, so. It's not like we're winning anything. They're just, I mean, I'll just get them a water gun. They can just pull the trigger 35 times and I'll give them a dollar. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, you know, I'm cheap. All right. Uh, Leslie, I've got a Disney do or don't for Frontierland, but do you? Because uh, mine is short, so we could do two if you have one. I don't have one, Joe. <laughs> wow. Totally failing on the job. Your okay. turn. Well, I'll go. <laughs> I'll do two two Disney do's. Uh, my first, I already kind of said at the beginning, you know, definitely check out Frontierland at night. I really like it at night. Um, I think it looks great. And also uh, you won't have to deal with the burning in the hot desert issues that Leslie has to deal with when she's there. But my other Disney do for Frontierland is instead of walking along the main street, there's a dock that kind of runs along the right side. If you're going from Liberty square towards uh, Splash and Thunder Mountain. And usually that dock is much less crowded. You can kind of weave your way through that dock, especially if you're, 
trying to make a fast pass or you just don't want to deal with huge crowds um, or if the parade's coming through, uh, you can walk along that dock. I'm, I'm not sure if there's a name for that dock or that thoroughway, but it's like an actual physical dock. It's like made out of wood and it's a great way to cut through frontier land and not deal with uh, the crowds because it does for some reason get congested. Or yeah, if the hoedown is going on in front of Country Bear Jamboree, you know, it's tough to get through. So, you know, walk along that side, um, basically closer to Tom Sawyer Island and you'll get through Frontierland a lot quicker. Great tip. All right. So that's it for Frontierland. Like we said, uh, please contact us, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com or any of those other places. If you have any tips or tricks for Frontierland, Personally, you know, Splash and Big Thunder are two of my favorite rides in Magic Kingdom, so I'm almost always at Frontierland. But, you know, as I think we've shown great evidence, uh, I'm in there for the rides, then I'm out. So uh, if there are other stuff, other things at Frontierland you think we should check out, please let us know. Other than that, Leslie, thanks so much. We will talk to all of you next week, and I will see you burning and melting in the desert. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Jim.